the City View Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. I remember the day like it was yesterday, the day that changed my life and my faith forever. I had this sense that God had something for me to do. I had this feeling in my soul that God wanted me to help my friend, my friend who had been paralyzed for years. And I felt like God was saying, okay, I, I, I have something for you and I want you to do something, but it's going to take a huge step of faith. I want you to take your friend, your friend who is paralyzed, and I want you to take him to the man that they call Jesus, the man that is known as Jesus the healer. And I'm going to make him walk today. Crazy, right? I mean, who does that? Who would go to their friend who, who can't walk and say, hey, you know what? God spoke to me and, and God said, hey, I think you're going to walk today and God wants to do something. And it's crazy, right? Who, who does that? But I felt like God was saying this to me and I, I could not get God's voice out of my head and I could not get God, that feeling out of my heart but I'm not going to be able to do it alone. I'm going to have to go and convince three of my buddies to come and help me carry our friend. So I walked. I walked that morning, and I went, and I went over to their house, and they all happened to be hanging out together. And I said, hey, guys, I've got this crazy feeling. And they go, man, we, we, we do too. We've got something we've got to share with you. And, and they go, okay, but you go first. I go, okay, guys, you know our friend Andrew, our friend who, who's crippled. They go, yeah? Well, okay, I... <laughs> I have this crazy feeling, and all of a sudden, they're like grinning. They're in the room, there's this, this ecstatic feeling in the room, and they go, hey, I, I tell them, I said, okay, guys, I, I have this feeling that God wants us to take him to Jesus, and that Jesus is going to heal him today. And the, all of a sudden, the room erupts. It's, it's craziness. They're all excited. They go, that's the exact same thing we wanted to do. They go, okay, now we got to go to Andrew's house. So we walk. How do you convince a lame man, hey, we think Jesus wants to heal you, a guy who's been to doctor after doctor, healer after healer, and nothing has ever worked. He's been in this state since he was so young. So we go, we knock on his door, and he says, come in. And Andrew's there like normal, laying there on his bed. Hey, what's up, guys? He says. We go, Andrew, I, what we're about to say to you is going to sound crazy. It, it's going to sound out, out of this world and just not even realistic. But we all feel like God has something for you and God wants to stretch our faith and your faith today. He says, all right, what's up? Okay, we've heard about this guy named Jesus, Jesus the healer. And we feel like God wants us to take you to him and that God's going to heal you today. I know it's crazy and I don't know how it's going to work. I, I don't even know if it will work, but we just feel like it's, it, that's what God wants us to do. And he says, sure. What would it hurt? So we picked him up. We picked him up and we started walking the longest walk of faith of our lives. A faith as we walked, it, it grew in boldness, yet in anxiety at the same time, but that day our faith was never the same. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for today. God, I thank you so much that you have something great for us. God, I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose 
Lord, I thank you that we can put our faith and our trust in you. And Jesus, as we go through times in our life where our faith is being tested, Lord, you always show yourself true, trustworthy, and faithful. And God, I ask, Lord, as we, Lord, look at this, Lord, Lord, people of faith in the Bible, God, may, may you strengthen our faith. God, I pray that you would bless churches all over the valley today, God, that your people's faith would grow. Lord, that we would be known for our love and known for our faith and trust in you. God, that people would see you. God, I pray that you would speak to your people at CCV and at Gateway and at Apollo and at Relentless and at Foothills. God, I ask that you would move in your church and move in us at City View Church today. And it's in your name, Jesus, that I pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, hey, church. Hey, City View. I hope you are all doing good. I miss you. And stay tuned. Don't miss the end of today's message because we've got an announcement for you letting you know what is coming up with City View Church. When are we going to get back together and all of that. So don't miss um, what we're going to say at the end of service. Um, We do have a special message for you on that to give you an update. So don't miss that. So the story that I was telling, I was trying to put myself in, in sort of the shoes of the four friends that carried their, their friend, the paralytic man, in Mark chapter 2. And I was trying to picture that. And so, so today, as, as we look at this passage in Mark 2, we're going to really look at those four friends and, and the faith that they had. Today, we're starting a series that is titled Faith. Faith, because... Faith is, is, it's a trust and it's in a belief in something. And we all have faith in things. You all have faith that the chair you're sitting in right now was going to hold you. You had faith in that. Why did you have faith in it? Because it's held you up in the past. We have faith in, in so many other things in life. We have faith in friends. We have faith in family. We, some of us have faith in God. Maybe you've lost your faith in God because he's hurt you or you feel like he has or he's let you down. But I want to encourage each of us today, let's take that step of faith again towards God. There's lots of people with questions and wondering what what does happen. Man, everything that I put my faith in in the past, my finances, my job, my relationships, all these things are falling apart. What can I put faith in? I want to tell you that you can put your faith in God. Because I believe that he will never, ever let you down. So we're going to be looking at some ordinary people and the faith they had and how Jesus looks at each one of them. Each story, we're going to look and see how Jesus says, because of your faith. First, we're going to look at Mark chapter 2 and these four friends. Mark 2 verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door while he was preaching God's word to them. I said, no, I'm sorry. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. 
Can you imagine? So these, so Jesus is preaching to, to Jesus and the disciples and all the people listening. It's just a day to hear Jesus preach. But while he's preaching, there's four friends, there's four men walking, carrying their friend, this paralytic man, this man who cannot walk, carrying him on some type of bed, on some type of cot. So Jesus is preaching to everybody else. It is a normal day of listening to Jesus and enjoying a great sermon. But to these four friends, it is a walk of faith, a faith that, that took them, that they had to ask their friend. They had to first come together and say, okay, we have this idea, as I shared in my story earlier. A faith that, that they had to pick him up and actually start moving forward. A faith that continued the whole way as they battled anxiety, excitement, and doubt. Can you imagine that walk? Have you ever had that walk? A walk where you knew God's put something on your heart. A walk where you knew you're supposed to talk to a friend or do something bold or do something sort of way out of your comfort zone. A walk. And as you're walking, have you ever stopped and turned around and gave up? I know I have. I know there are moments in my life where God says, hey, I really want you to talk to this person right now. And as I'm walking, I'm like, no, God, it's, I'm going to sound crazy. I'm going to sound weird. And I didn't. And I know I missed out on opportunities. And I wonder how many crazy things God wanted to do in and through us. But because of our lack of faith, it didn't happen. I wonder. We're going to look at five things that define our steps of faith this morning or today, whatever time you watch it. Five things. One, steps of faith are bold. They went and they asked their friend, a friend who had been paralyzed for years, hey, we think you might walk today. They picked him up. Can you imagine the boldness that it actually took to go and not only ask him and not only say, we're going to care, no, we're going to take you there, but they picked him up and they carried him. They had faith that, okay, this is going to work. And then they made the walk the whole way. Steps of faith are bold. They're bold. They're bold actions. They're bold movements. They're bold. Mark chapter 2, verse 4, it says they, as the, the friends were walking, it says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head and then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. If you look at the account, so this, uh, this story of Jesus healing the paralytic man is also found in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 5 and, and Matthew chapter 9. And if you look at the account in Luke, the story, it says multiple times, it says that they wanted to place their friend right in front of Jesus. They were not going to yell and say, hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus, we brought somebody for you to heal. They weren't going to just stand there and hold their friend and hope that by chance Jesus might walk by. No, no, they were going all the way. Their goal was to get their friend in front of Jesus right in front. I remember when I was a little kid, I really wanted to meet this basketball player. And I know probably many of you have no idea 
who he is, but he, his name was Tim Perry, and he used to play for the Phoenix Suns, and he was my favorite player. Why, I don't know. I just really liked him, but I remember really wanting to meet him one day, and, and I was standing in this crowd, and I'm a little kid, and I'm, I'm man, I, I probably was eight years old, maybe seven, maybe nine, I don't know. I, somewhere, I know I wasn't ten. Um, and I remember standing at the back of this crowd and just seeing all these tall people in front of me. And all of a sudden, this guy grabs me by the shoulder and takes me right to the front of this crowd. And it's probably five layers of people thick. He takes me right to the front of this crowd. And there was Tim Perry. And he grabbed my card and he signed it. Because in front is where it happened. And so these friends were not going to yell from the back. They were not going to try to get his attention as he walked by. They wanted their friend right in front of Jesus. You see, their faith, their faith, the faith that they had to look, they had to be creative and look for another way for their friend to meet Jesus. The faith that they had, they had to climb a roof a faith that it was willing to get dirty. They, they destroyed a roof and a faith that was willing to destroy a roof and then say, you know what? We're going to pay for it when it's over. Steps of faith, number two, are determined. Nothing was going to get in the way of these four friends. Not a crowd, not a staircase, not a roof, not money. Nothing. It's a determination. Three, steps of faith are risky. They're risky. Steps of faith don't always make sense. They, they, don't, necessarily, they don't have to make sense to you. And the, so many times they don't make sense to friends. How many of us have, have done something that was so out of our comfort zone and, and we just knew that God was calling us to do something? I mean, I've had those times. I've quit jobs. I've signed up to go to college and I didn't have the money. I remember when I was a a senior in high school, I'm like, I don't have the money. I know I'm supposed to sign up for college and I did. And I signed up and you know what I did? My step of faith, I signed up and then I got jobs. I worked three jobs that summer that was worked enough to be able to pay for my first semester of school. Steps of faith don't always make sense. I know I have friends, I have family who have moved to whole other states because they knew that God was saying, hey, this is what I'm supposed to do. They don't make sense to us. They don't have to make sense to us. A step of faith is only supposed to make sense to God. Only to God. You just have to trust him. They're risky though. So can you picture these friends? They're having this conversation. They're carrying their friend. They get to the crowd and it's out of control. There's so many people. And so they turn to each other. Okay, guys, we can't get in front of Jesus this way through the door. So how are we going to get there? Any ideas? And they're looking around and then one dude says, well, there's a staircase to the top of the house he's in. And then the the buddy in the bed goes, you're not carrying me up this. Do you remember the last time you guys tried carrying me up a couple steps of stairs? You dropped me. You're not going to do that again. And then all the friends are like, yeah, we think we can do it. I mean, it's not that steep. I mean, it's only about, I don't know, 20 stairs. We could do that. We could carry him. I'm, I'm feeling good today. My back's okay. And you got your buddy Harry in the back. He's like, ah, I'm struggling. Can I, I'll, I'll take the back end. Maybe that's easier. And so you got these four friends and they're, they're convincing themselves that they can carry their friend to the top of a roof on a bed. And so they start climbing. 
Then they go, well, we're going to need ropes to lower him down. So somehow, I don't know if somebody brought ropes or if you have MacGyver and he's trying to figure it out over there. I don't know how they figure it out. But then they, all of a sudden, they have to have ropes. And they're like, well, we're going to need ropes for what? To lower him down. Well, once we get up there, what are we going to do? So they, they start getting up there, and they're probably making it up as they go, because many times that's what guys do, and they, we sort of make things up as we go. Um, we don't always have to have a plan. We just have to know we're going there, and we're going to get there in some way. And so they carry him up. They get to the top of the roof, and they go, okay, well, there's no sunroof here. And the other guy says, what's a sunroof? I don't know. And so they, they get to the top, and they all, now they've got to start digging a hole in this guy's roof. And then you got the paralytic friend. He's like, what are you guys doing? And then, you know, Harry's like, I got it. You know, I'll pay for it if it needs to be repaired. So then they're digging this hole. It's not a small hole. You've got to fit a person through this hole who's on a bed. Do you understand how big this hole had to be? So they dig a hole. They tie four ropes onto his bed. And then can you picture the crowd below as they're looking up? Dirt is falling on their head. They're hearing all this rustle and all this stuff, and they're trying to listen to Jesus. Have you ever been trying to watch something, and everybody in the room doesn't care what you're watching, and they're all making noise, and now you can't hear and focus? And then everybody gets distracted. You have to press pause, and it's right at the most important part. And I'm sure Jesus is preaching this amazing message, and everybody's paying attention. Everybody's excited for what Jesus is about to say. And all of a sudden, dirt's falling on their head. This is a radical faith. It's a risky faith. This is a faith that, that knows something about Jesus that, that it, they can't stop what they're doing because Jesus was about to do something amazing. It was a faith that woke them up. It was a faith that kept them going. It was a faith that, make, that made them take risks that they never would normally have taken. And so they lower him down. And now he's laying there on this bed that he's known for years. And Jesus, it says in verse 5, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, your, My child, your sins are forgiven. Seeing their faith, as the dust and dirt starts to fall, the sky starts floating down. Can, can you picture this? Can you picture this with me? They're all in this room and there's a guy floating. And I don't know if it's all like you got that friend who just drops ropes too quick and one side falls faster. I don't know. I, I can picture that. They get him right in front. And I'm sure that four friends up top, one of them says, Hey, Jesus! Do you think you can heal our friend? And Jesus looks up at them, smiles. And he looks down on this man and says, your sins are forgiven. He says to them, because of your faith, because of their faith, it is going to impact their friend's life forever. Have you ever thought that your faith has the power and the potential to affect people's lives around you? And it wasn't just one of their friends. He said, because of their faith. The four friends carrying him because of their faith. 
Have you ever thought, what are you and your friends known for? Are you known for your faith? Do you have a crew around you who are known for the faith in God? Because your faith can impact those around you and your, you and your friends' faith can impact those too. Jesus seeing their faith. The fourth thing, steps of faith take love. They take love. Then Jesus turns his attention to the man and he says, My child, your sins are forgiven. Now, it wasn't that his sins that made him paralyzed, but we all have sin in us. We all have a problem of sin in our lives and in our hearts. No matter how good we are, we still fall so short of perfection. And we all have sin. And many people, maybe you're wondering, why would Jesus address sin? Well, because sin has so much more damaging effects on us than any deformity or any physical thing that could happen. Sin keeps us separated from God. If you look at Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 9, the New American, when it reads, My my child, your sins are forgiven, as Jesus says this, Matthew takes a a look at this and, and sees things in a different light. Matthew says, It says in the New American, take courage, son, your sins are forgiven. In the um, ESV, it says, take heart, my son. Another translation says, be of good cheer. Matthew sees the posture of the man's heart. He sees how Jesus looks at him and how Jesus loved him. And this man, I'm sure as he's lowered there before Jesus, there's a bit of shame when you're in the presence of a perfect loving God and a perfect creator it doesn't matter how good you think you are when you are a black spot in the middle of a white room you realize how black you are you realize how dirty you are this man's sin really had been paralyzing him more than his physical ailments ever had This man's sin had been holding him down way more than being paralyzed ever had. And Jesus says to him, take courage, take heart, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Your sins are dismissed. Jesus here uses a a term, he uses wording, he uses this idea that we only find in the Old Testament, this idea of something that God is going to do and only God can do. In Psalm 103, verses 11 and 12, God says, he says, or David writes of God, for God's unfailing love towards those who fear him is, is as great as the highest, as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. That's how far God has removed our sins, dismissed our sins. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 25 says, God says, I, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. In Micah chapter 7 verses 18 and 19, it says, Where is another God like you who pardons the guilt of the remnant, overlooking the sins of his special people? You will not stay angry with your people forever because you delight in showing unfailing love. Once again, you will have compassion on us. You will trample our sins under your feet. And you will throw our sins into the depths of the ocean. 
He says, God, you will cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. God, you will blot our sins out. And God, you will cast our sins, throw them into the depths of the sea. God, you will dismiss them. You will forgive and forget them. And Jesus says, take courage, take heart, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine the freedom he felt in this moment, that paralyzed man? Have you ever had that freedom when somebody says, I forgive you? Of something that you've been carrying and somebody says, I love you. Something you've been carrying and then they say, it's going to be okay. And they say those words, I forgive you, I love you, it's going to be okay. And there's that freedom that happens in you. It's like a weight has been taken off. And I wonder and I, I imagine, I, I try to put myself in that, in that position. I wonder if that man, that paralyzed man, if in that moment... He didn't even need to be healed anymore because his heart was light. But Jesus wasn't even done with him yet. Jesus wasn't even done. He just, Jesus says to the, the man, he says, you are forgiven. Take courage. Take heart. Be of good cheer. Because Jesus loves him. Jesus has the power to do that. But to the religious in the room, because the room had more people than just people who loved Jesus. He had, there's this huge section of people who hated Jesus and wanted to prove him wrong. And they're sitting there and they're hearing Jesus say, your sins are forgiven. And, and in their mind, they're thinking of these verses. They're thinking of the verses I just read out of Psalm, out of Isaiah, and out of Micah. And they're thinking, only God can dismiss. Only God can forgive. Who are you saying you are, Jesus? And so Jesus approaches this. He hits this because they're not saying it. They're thinking it. Matt or Mark chapter 2 verses 6 through 11 but some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves what is he saying this is blasphemy only God can forgive sins and Jesus immediately Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking so he asked them why do you question this in your hearts oh man that's sort of scary when you really think about this you know you try to hide things from God God knows your heart you don't have to be scared though because he loves you anyways Jesus says to them, is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? What's more difficult? What's more difficult? To say your sins are forgiven, or to say pick up your bed and walk? What do you think I should do? He's asking them. So he says, verse 10, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up. Pick up your mat and walk. Go home. You see, for the religious people, they, when they heard Jesus say, forgiven, your sins are forgiven, and this idea of dismissing sins, they knew only God can remove our sins as far as the east is from the west. Only God can blot our, out our sins. Only God can cast our sins to the depths of the sea. Only God can do that. Who are you saying you are, Jesus? And Jesus is saying in that moment, I am God. But this, they just can't comprehend it. It, it doesn't make sense. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. And Jesus says, what's easier for me? 
can you imagine the friends? Remember, you've got four guys up on the roof looking into this room right now because there's still no room, and that's the closest they can be. And they're looking down, and they're excited. They're all peeking their heads. You've got four heads peeking into a hole on top of a roof, looking down on their friend, listening to every word Jesus has to say. Jesus first says, your sins are forgiven. And he says, what's easier for me, to forgive his sins or help him walk? And they're like, oh, it's about to go down. Here we go. And they're like, oh, you guys watch it. Are you watching? Are you watching? Can you imagine the excitement of the moment? Can you imagine as their faith was growing in this moment, it was in this moment that God showed them that they did hear from him. Steps of faith, the last thing, the fifth thing, steps of faith take obedience. Steps of faith take obedience. They could have stayed home. They could have said, no, this is way too crazy. There's no way I'm not supposed to do this. Now, I'm not saying go out and just do it. You have this feeling in your heart. I'm supposed to quit my job. Go and quit. No, I'm not saying that. God will affirm and confirm, affirm and confirm what he's doing. God will help you know it's the right situation. God will help you know it's a right step of faith. doesn't have to always make sense, but you will know it's from God. He will confirm it in his word. He will affirm it through friends, through those spiritual, through those who, who have a good walk and a good talk with Jesus. It's always good to ask questions. It's always good to ask those who are wise around you. Sometimes, even what they will have to say will be like these religious but you got to be wise. The steps of faith, they take obedience. They lowered their friend. Then it says in verse 12, And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. Can you imagine? They just watched this guy rise, and everybody's looking going, What in the world did I just see? What did I just see? It's like those moments in sports when you see your team finally make the biggest comeback of your life, and you're like, What did I just see? It's like when you watch this performance of something you didn't know could happen, and you're like, what did I just see? These, these people in this crowd just saw God do an amazing thing, saw Jesus do this amazing thing. And they said, we have never seen anything like this before. The guy doesn't just stand. The guy jumps and everyone is amazed. Jesus here in this moment, not only does he prove he can heal, but he proves he can forgive. And he hasn't stopped forgiving. He has forgiven me and I know he wants to forgive you. He wants to set you free of the guilt and shame of the sin that we hold on to, the sin that has been holding us captive on our couch, the sin that has been holding us captive in the places where we are, the sin that is saying you are paralyzed, you can't move. If anybody found out, you would be trapped and you would be forgotten and nobody would love you anymore. That sin that holds us, that sin that is so evil. Jesus has been setting people free from back then all the way to now. Jesus hasn't stopped it. These friends thought they were bringing uh, their buddy to be healed. They had no idea that he was being set free that day. God is always calling us to take steps of faith. Could be faith of talking to a friend telling them about God. It, it could be faith of encouraging somebody you know is discouraged. Like, should I send this text? I don't know. It might be weird. Should I send them this verse? I don't know. It might be weird. Should I invite them to, to come over to my house? I don't know. It might be weird. Should I, should I call this person or should I maybe pursue this kind of career? Should I do a total change? Should I do that? There's these steps of faith, faith to help others, faith with our kids, faith to serve. God is calling us to always take steps of faith. What is your step of faith today? 
Your steps of faith will take boldness, determination, risk, love, and obedience. Remember, it's not you on the other side of your faith. It's God who's standing there cheering you on, ready to say, stand, let's go. Now let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you. God, I ask that you would help us with our faith. You would help us to stand strong. Lord, that we might hear from you and know what you're calling us to do. God, I pray that our faith would grow in you, that we would not be held by fear, but that we would be moved by faith. Because you are a faithful God who loves us and cares for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today um, with City View and I hope you enjoyed the message. I know I really enjoyed putting it together and just seeing the story in a different light and seeing what God had for us. But I want to give you an update on what's going on with City View. In light of Ducey's order this week and, um, and what Governor Ducey had said, he's opened things up. And so we, we are trying to sort of, we're looking at, we've been working on this for a while now. What does it look like for us? Well, we've got a couple things. One, AMC is not open. Even though he said movie theaters can be open, here, here's the reality. Movies themselves have been canceled. The, the writers of movies, they are the people who made them, the pr pr productors, directors, whoever, all those people who have a say in when they come out, they have pushed back movies. Some movies got pushed back to next year. Some movies, they don't even know when they're going to release them. Uh, as I've been meeting with AMC, they've even said some movies, maybe at the earliest, sometime in July. So we have that. Um, but we have some good news. We are very close on signing the lease with our new building. We are hoping that even as you're watching this, we've already signed it this week. We don't know. We're hoping that as you watch it, this is, this is just... I, I'm wrong that it's already been signed, but we're very close to signing it and then moving forward. But before we can even get in, we've got some renovations and some things that we have to do to make it the best place possible for you to make it home for all of us. And so we, we've got a, a little bit of a process and we want to make this transition the best that we can as we open up and as we decide and as we look at what does our reopening plan look like. You all should have received an email with a survey that is going to help us as we move forward. If you did not receive that email, in the description below, there's going to be a link that allows you to take that survey. Please, would you take some time and take that short survey for us? If you got that email and you're like, I didn't take it, please just at the end of today, please take that survey. So this is really just, it's just going to help us as we look to the end, as we look and as we make steps forward to reopening. Because we understand that for some of you, you are ready to get back and get going. As soon as gyms were talked about, you are there already. You are ready. We understand that there are some of us that are ready to go. And there's others of us, we're like, I'm not ready yet. I just, I need to take some time. I got to think this through a little more. Maybe you have kids at home or you are, are somebody that is just a little more vulnerable. We understand that we have people all along the spectrum and we love everyone and we value your input and we value what's going on with you. We miss you all greatly and we can't wait to meet together and see all of you. 
So please be watching for updates. Please be following us. If we don't have your email, if you're not getting our emails, please let us know. Email us at info at cityviewphx.com. Info at cityviewphx.com. That's the best way to contact all of us um, in one place so that we can make sure we have your information. Um, So please make sure husbands and wives, married couples, dating couples, we need both of your email, not just one. We want both of yours. So please make sure if we only have one, make sure you get both because we need to make, we need to just check. Do do we have all your kids information, all that kind of stuff. So please fill out our survey. Let us know. We're excited to be back. um, Hopefully soon guys, God bless you. God loves you. Um, I will catch you later. Thank you for joining us today. For up-to-date series information, find us on social media at CityViewPHX or go to cityviewphx.com.